All right, welcome in to another episode of Sam and Gabby's Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Samuel Bigelow, joined as always by Gabby Mozipo and once again by our special guest, Andrew Bigelow, my little brother. Uh, welcome in to both of you. Welcome in to all of our listeners. It is December 29th. Uh, I, I know we missed our episode last week. We, we had a holiday. We uh, took a holiday, so sorry about that, but... Uh, we're back this week, and uh, this week it's going to be a little bit different than usual. We're not going to go with our normal format that we you're probably used to. Uh, we're just going to go through every matchup because, I mean, there's a lot of people who are out of the playoffs, obviously, looking forward to next year. Um, and then there's a lot of people who are still in the playoffs, and so we don't, we don't want to forget either one. So we're just going to go through whatever's relevant, uh, either for right now, down the road, whatever, whatever – um, in each matchup we want to talk about that could benefit um, anybody in whatever position they're in. So not going to just go normal uh, as we have been in the past. We're not just going to go through every matchup, just talking about what's happening now. Um, it's going to be more of a overall look at things. So just to jump right in uh, first things first, no Thursday matchup this week. So our first matchup that we're going to talk about a real barn burner, Giants versus the Bears. Gabby, start us off. Something that's very interesting with this Bears matchup is the quarterback situation and overall just the coaching situation and how that's going to play out in the future. It does look like Matt Nagy's going to coach these last two games, but afterwards, league talk is that he's going to be out. So hopefully the they implemented an offensive-minded coach. I know Matt Nagy is supposed to be an offensive-minded coach, but he obviously isn't able to progress young quarterbacks as he failed with Trubisky and Justin Fields, two highly talented quarterbacks coming out of the draft process. So hopefully next year he's going to be able. Uh, they're going to be able to find a quarter uh, somebody who's going to develop this quarterback into a productive young because he's shown flashes and has shown that upside, but Nagy has shown the inability to tap that. But outside of that, there's not in David Montgomery, there's not much to look forward to on this team, especially even when you look at the wide receiver position, Darnell Mooney, he's broke out a little bit this year, but not to the degree that we were hoping. And that is just because the offense as a whole hasn't produced that much and the best performance we saw was last week with Nick Foles at the helm, and that is just not good for the offense overall, which begs the question, why was Nick Foles not playing over Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton should not never have been the starter if Nick Foles was, was playing that well. That, that just, that, I think that was proven last week. But outside of that, I don't think you can take much away from the Bears. And even on the Giants' side, it's another barn burner where the, the coach – Reports just came out that Daniel Jones and Joe Judge are going to be there next year. I don't think that's going to be a good move, but who knows? Hopefully they're going to be able to get this offensive line in order because that's really what is deterring this offense from being productive. This is going to be a low-scoring game overall. I wouldn't be looking to play anybody outside of the running backs, which I feel like you have to if you're somehow in a playoff matchup with Saquon Barkley. Props to you because that means your team is 
pillar all the way around and you somehow were able to do that by botching your first round pick most likely. So I would like to see any rosters that had Saquon Barkley who, who are in the championship. Um, but outside of that and David Montgomery, I'm not looking to play anybody because those other guys probably haven't carried you this far. So but those are my two cents on this matchup. Andrew, I'm curious. What what do you think about the what are you thinking about the quarterback situations uh, for both these teams moving forward? Um, how are you feeling about each of those guys? Um, I can see Daniel Jones being maybe, maybe being a desperation star. I don't really think I would want to start Justin Fields really at any time uh, unless he suddenly breaks out. Um, but, yeah, I've kind of with Gabby. I don't know. I think I might start Darnell Mooney as well if I had him. But other than that, I don't think anyone really is calling my name. But there's always a decent chance that the Chicago players actually like Matt Nagy and they rally behind him for the end of the season because he probably is going to get fired. And, be, and it would be nice probably for uh, his career if he finished strong here and just went on to get a coordinator job somewhere else. Maybe he can even audition for the Giants coordinator job. I'm sure that'll be an opportunity. <laughs> do you think uh, what do you think that Daniel Jones and uh, both uh, Justin Fields and Daniel Jones are the long-term options for their team? Good, good, good options for both of them. Um, I think that I could see a coach showing up in Chicago and, and uh, Justin Fields easily not being uh, the kind of fit that someone wants in his career kind of going awry just because of that almost in a similar way to Baker Mayfield, not this, not that to say that his career has gone awry, but it seems like uh, it never really helps the quarterback to have an early coordinator change, which is essentially what's going to happen once Matt Nagy's fired. And then for Daniel Jones, I think, I don't know, if you're New York, I think you just, you kind of have to go with it for one more year just because the quarterback market is really weak next year. And a lot of teams are just going to have to uh, put back out there what they already have and not really get an upgrade unfortunately where a lot of fan where a lot of fan bases are probably used to at this point with the influx of quarterback time having like the the next guy available so that makes sense yeah no uh i definitely hear you there i think i think justin fields could be quite good uh he's shown flashes of real promise personally um it is it is going to be really interesting to see how he gels with the next coach there and next offensive scheme um, in New York. I think Daniel Jones is still really raw, but has shown flashes of talent as well. Um, obviously, he's not taking the steps that people want him to see. So it'll be interesting moving forward. But I agree with both of you for the most part, uh, for most of what you said. And not a real barn burner there of a matchup. Not a lot of whole, uh, not a lot of uh, hugely um uh, important fantasy pieces there this in that matchup. So uh, moving on to our next matchup, also, of course, in the early window, we got the Jaguars and the Patriots. And this one that, for the most part, I think the biggest and most important fantasy option that you're looking at is probably the Patriots' defense. Obviously a good matchup against Jacksonville. Um, but, you know, James Robinson is out for the season now. He got placed on IR. And, uh, you know, I guess there's uh, Damian Harris should play and has played well um, in, in his last game. So uh, Damian Harris is a good option. But, Andrew, is there anything else that you wanted to mention there? Or Gabby as well. But I guess I'll just start with Andrew. 
Um, no, I think that uh, you could, I could certainly picture Ramondre Stevenson or Damian Harris really popping off and getting a bunch of tuds if they play. Uh, kind of depends on who they lean on, but I mean, I don't really see a world where New England doesn't just shred the Jaguars and probably put up 30 on them one way or another and uh, probably hold them to single digits as well, the way Jacksonville's been playing. And uh, do, do you guys do you guys think Damian Harris is going to be the, the starting running back in, uh, in New England next year? I know last time Andrew was on, he, he and I both kind of said we thought it would probably be Ramondre Stevenson. Curious, Andrew, if you still think that. And Gabby, I'm curious what your take is on that. I don't see any reason. Sorry, I don't see any reason why Damian Harris would succeed that role. I know Rob Mondre Stevenson has shown flashes, but he also has shown a lack of not being able to pass block, and that's why he's been taken off the field. And Bill Belichick has been known to not really stick to one running back. He is like he made the running back by community famous. So I don't think there is ever going to be a starting running back in New England. It's unless the guy is far away the best running back in, in the, like in the NFL. And we haven't even seen that from New England yet. So I, I, I still, I think next year, both these guys are still going to be very viable, but on the other side, I, I do want to talk about uh, on the, um, Jacksonville just here for a second in the running back situation. Now that James Robinson is hurt and with an Achilles injury, it looks like Travis Etienne is going to be the guy next year. So I was going to, actually ask you guys sorry where do you guys think Travis Etienne is going to be ranked next year just out of curiosity if James Robinson is not going to be the running back or in the mix at all I think his value is kind of low right now just because if just because we don't know who the coordinator is going to be in um we don't know who's gonna who's gonna be the architect of the offense. So you don't really, I don't really like him right now. I, I think if I'm if I'm doing anything, I'm maybe trading him away, but I'm probably just holding on to him and hoping that the, the Jaguars hire an offensive coach. You know, I I'm if I haven't been dynasty, I'm definitely holding him. I don't think there's anything that anybody's gonna offer me that's gonna make me want to trade him away. Um, and I'm definitely not recommending to anybody that they go out and trade a ton away for a guy that we haven't seen for a year, but he should be, I would imagine be a fairly, a pretty useful fantasy asset. It's hard to, hard to decide exactly where he falls. Or of course we don't know what's going to happen in a lot of backfields, but I definitely think he falls in as a top 20 running back. Um, I think that's probably where he'll be is just right at, right at the edge of the top 20 personally. Would you trade him for Kyle Pitts if you think that someone was worried, maybe? Uh, no, because I think Kyle Pitts could be the best tight end that we've seen in a long time. And I, you already know that Kyle Pitts oh. is a monster. Hey, I've, I've been a Kyle so Pitts you believer whoa, forever. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That is, that is new news. To the no, it's pod. not. No, I've always been a huge Kyle. I'm a Kyle Pitts hater this year. <laughs> Kyle Pitts believer long term. Love Kyle Pitts long-term. Just did not think that he was worth the draft capital this year in redraft. So uh, I, I, I maintain that position. And, uh, yeah, I just don't think – he is he is in 
he is being he is one of the best rookie tight ends of all time. He's having one of the best rookie tight end seasons of all time, which is exactly what we talked about him needing to be fantasy relevant. It's just not been super consistent. It's been really like hit or miss, really boomer bust for Kyle Pitts. So I think I've been in a lot of ways vindicated on uh, Kyle Pitts not being worth the draft capital that was used on him. Uh, but he's definitely been a top 10 tight end, obviously definitely worth rostering, definitely worth drafting uh, higher than a lot of tight ends, but just not as high as people uh, were in the draft. So, you know, uh, I, I definitely think Kyle Pitts is a top five tight end, probably top three tight end um, to own in Dynasty. And I definitely don't see Travis Etienne in, is a, in an elite status. I don't know if you guys do. I just think the whole the Jacksonville situation was very, was very interesting. And I, I want to throw it to Andrew here just because Jacksonville has been crappy again this year, and they're going to get the number one pick. So, And if you look on the bright side, they didn't have Travis Etienne, was their, who was their other first-round pick, the electrifying running Wait, back. Wait, are they getting the number one overall pick over Detroit? I mean, Detroit's been winning games. Are they? Uh, I guess. Yeah, you're right. I do. Yeah, I guess they. Yeah. Uh, I think they take. I think they take Kayvon over Hutchison. Yeah, but okay, they take a defensive guy, but then again, I mean, just saying, they're gonna have another year. And how? That's kind of nice, though. Think about be, that, Josh Allen, Kayvon. Yeah, that's gonna be a, a disgusting team next year, and they still have Miles Jack and. And can the offense be worse than next year, Andrew? Like, I, I guess this is my question to you. Can it be worse? No. I mean, this is this is the floor, it feels like, I think. I think it can only get better. Is that what you're making? Is that the one you're trying to make? Yeah. I just I feel like – I just feel like Jacksonville as a whole is – it's an interesting situation, especially in the offseason. And whoever the coach is going to be, I just feel like is going to be better than Urban Meyer. I, I feel like we all know that. And – I don't know if we do. I mean, Dan Quinn already turned down the job. And think about this. Uh, if you Let's say, like I said, if you traded for uh, Kyle Pitts with Travis Zitian, assuming someone would do that, uh, then with at least with Atlanta, you already know that you have a good offensive coordinator in Arthur Smith. And I feel like I trust Arthur Smith than whoever the Jaguars hire. I don't think they're going to hire someone better than Arthur Smith, if I'm being completely honest. I think I, I, think I trust that a little bit more. And, yeah, the Jaguars situation does kind of worry me a little bit. I mean, that defense is definitely something to think about But with uh, with the potential roster. But still, if people are turning down the job, that that means uh, there's probably smoke. And where there's smoke, there's fire. I have a hard time believing it's, it's any worse in Jacksonville uh, than this year next year than it is this year uh i'm i'm curious at least offensively i'm curious how many touchdowns you guys think uh trevor lawrence has thrown for this year curious what you guys think he has not missed any games uh oh just throw a number out there you're gonna be wrong anyway come on nine nine that's what you're locking in well that's that's correct so i guess good job i guess you're not going to be wrong anyways but yeah nine nine touchdowns through 17 weeks 
Damn. He's been back. Uh, through 16 weeks. I apologize. We're in, been... going into week 17. Very bad. He threw through the three of those touchdowns in week one. So six he, he... touchdowns since week one. So six touchdowns over 16 weeks. Passing. He has two more on the ground. So, yeah, not great for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I have a hard time believing it's going to be any worse. Um, it should be interesting to see what happens there over the offseason. It should be ha- interesting to see what happens there over the next couple offseasons, to be honest. Um, I did have a couple things. I, I wanted to go back to the Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris thing, but I didn't want to uh, stop you guys if there was anything else you guys wanted to add about that, uh, that situation there in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So uh, I did want to go back a little bit. Just Gabby, you had said uh, that Bill Belichick, it's always going to be a, a committee in New England. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So I just wanted to challenge that. Uh, I think it's not a committee right now. I think, well, I mean, of course it is a committee. I, I, I misphrased that. It is of course a committee, but I think there's a clear number one. Now I think that Damian Harris, when he's in, clearly is the one that you want to play in New England. And he's actually been pretty, pretty fantasy relevant, as we all know. Damian Harris has been a guy that you can play basically every single week. Um, He's had some down weeks for sure. But Damian Harris, I mean, he's been the running back 18 through the year. He's missed some games. So even with that, he's still the running back 18. Averaged 13 and a half fantasy points. um, And again, has missed three weeks or two weeks, excuse me. has had over 15 fantasy points each of the last two weeks, has had over 20 fantasy points twice this year. So, I mean, Damian Harris has been, I think, clearly the number one. Yes, it is a running back by committee, but I do think that there is a clear running back one there, and I think that role could be reversed next year, and you could see Ramondre Stevenson be that number one. And that's the argument I was trying to make. And I'm not saying that necessarily is going to happen, uh, but if you can get Ramondre Stevenson on the cheap, it's an interesting trade to make, I think, personally. Or he could maybe even take a larger role than he has in a deeper league. He could be a useful fill-in uh, as a running back, too, in like a, a deep deep dynasty league where maybe you need a, a backup running back or something. He could be interesting. That's all I wanted to say. Um, I don't know if you had any thoughts you wanted to add on that or not. but No, I, I, think, that, I think that's valid. But I just – I feel like in New England, Belichick has shown over the years. Yeah, Damian Harrison, he always has a lead guy that you do want. I just like you always kind of worry that if he fumbles or if he gets hurt, the guy can – the next guy up can take his job at any moment to notice. And we've seen that Bill Belichick isn't keen to stick to a guy – he's stick – the hot, the hot hand is what Bill Belichick does, especially at the running back position. And, and if Ramondre Stevenson had gone off for 125 or 150 when Damian Harris was out, do we really think Damian Harris would, would be starting or be playing this well? No. I think Ramondre Stevenson would have the starting job right now. So I guess that's what my point is when it comes to Bill Belichick and the New England offense as a whole. I mean – he didn't get 125, but once he went 20 for 100. But that Damian Harris also went off in that game, right? 
Um, no, that was a game Damian Harris was out. That was week 10 against Cleveland. But, I mean, I get your point, though. I mean, that was one time, and he had a pretty good game. And, um, you know, he's played in other games, and obviously got, he's even gotten more carries in other games when Damian Harris was out and not – uh, not done as well. So, I mean, he's had the chance and not followed. He's not, con- he's not consistently taking advantage of those chances. Um, so I, that your point could still be valid. Uh, I hear what you're saying, but I do think there's a chance that, and I, I hear what you're saying. If one of them is playing better, I could see them getting turned away from kind of like what's happening in, in, uh, in LA with the Rams. Um, but I do think that you're going to see increased fantasy value from Ramondre Stevenson is all I'm saying. And if you can get him for a good deal, um, I think he's, he's worth grabbing. I mean, and then also in dynasty. Also as well, we have to remember James White is out right now. So that's just another running back that's on, on the field a lot for New England. That's not playing. I can see James White kind of falling by the wayside though. I don't know about you, but. You think so? You think they just cut him or something like that? No, but, I mean, a running back coming off a season-ending injury, I mean, he's older. I'm not sure exactly how old James White is. I'd have to look it up. Um, but these guys have both looked like studs, so I don't know why you go back to a guy who's aging and just got a big injury. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be, like, shocked if that he came back and was good, but um, I wouldn't be betting on James White to come take a, a huge role from them, personally. I don't know. Andrew, do you what? What do you? How do you feel about that? Uh, James White, I feel like is kind of he's kind of a Patriots or not guy. Like he's almost like uh, Rob Gronkowski with Tom, but instead of Tom, it's the Patriots. I don't really see James White going anywhere else and being as successful as he is with the Patriots. So I think he that he's always kind of going to be a part of their offense. But yeah, I could see. I think I, I think I'm leaning more towards Damian Harris being the guy in New England more than Ramondre for the rest of the season. But I could see Ramondre taking up more of a role next season. But do you think next year when James White comes back, do you think that he takes enough of a role away from the current two guys that are there that they all basically become irrelevant? I think is what mm-hmm. Gabby is saying. Can I slide into what Brandon Bolden is right now? You think he's going to do play the Brandon Bolden role? Well, Brandon Bolden is playing his role. Oh, I mean, it's a much much reduced role, I think. Fair. Yeah, yeah Bolden White was really good. When, not really good, but like he was fantasy relevant, like when he was playing. And Brandon yeah. Bolden. Is- I mean, I'm starting in our dynasty league. That's wow. Incredible. Yeah, and you're in the championship. Wow, you should be ashamed, Gabby, because I'm, of course, going to win that championship match matchup. Just a little peek behind the curtains there. I've been starting Brandon Bolden. He's been a staple on my team. And you've been losing to me all week. No. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, is there anything else you got, either of you wanted to add on that matchup before we move on? No. Nope. All right. Next matchup, a little bit better one, potentially. Uh, we got the Ravens playing the Rams. Lamar Jackson could be out again. Uh, just recently saw a video of him trying to practice limping around 
Um, he was limited again in practice as of today, which is Wednesday. Um, I don't know if he'll play or not. It remain, remains to be seen. Um, if the if he plays, I think you're you're able to fire up. Uh, well, you're 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 firing up Mark Andrews, no matter who the quarterback is. Uh, but you're firing up Hollywood Brown if Lamar plays. If not, um, I guess if if it's Huntley, then I guess you'd fire up Marquise Brown. But if not, uh, probably not. And then you can play the running backs um, as you have been all season in Baltimore. Um, I think the real story in the running back position is probably on the other side uh, with Daryl Henderson going down. He's going to be out. So it's going to be Sony Michelle. He was already taking over the role. So not that big of news, uh, but interestingly, Cam Akers could come back. Um, they might hold him out until playoffs, but he could come back um, at the end of this season or even this week. Um, so something to keep an eye on. Um, sounds like they want to get him involved. So a guy to have in dynasty for sure. A guy that, um, Andrew's been high on actually, um, for a while. So I was just curious, how excited are you guys about Cam Akers? Um, do you think this is kind of like a last chance to buy low on him? Uh, do you think we're going to maybe start seeing a little bit of how good he is? Um, or do you think it's probably, you got, you got time or you're not interested at all? Um, curious what you guys are thinking about that and about this matchup in general. Uh, I'll start with Andrew since he's the resident Cam Akers guy. Yeah, I think I, I think I'd buy low on Cam Akers. I've definitely tried. I've had some people come close. I haven't gotten close on him, but I've definitely shot my shot. And I think if you get a decent offer, I'd say if it doesn't with guys like that, a lot of times it doesn't get better than or the deal doesn't get any cheaper than what it is right now. And then another thing to say on buy low candidates is a lot of people have JK Dobbins on their dynasty team, and I would not trade away JK Dobbins. That's a good point to make as well. I like that. I agree with that. Um, Gabby, what do you think about those two guys? Uh, Cam Akers, I'm not that interested in him, honestly, in redraft especially, but in Dynasty. I do think he has a chance to come back and be relevant, but I think the running back room just got more murky, especially when they added Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle is a it's a pretty good running back and is good enough to take away a couple touches from the Rams. Remember, he beat the Rams in the Super Bowl single-handedly. Tom Brady wasn't anything in this game. It was Sonny Michelle who kind of dominated the game. So the Rams remember that. And I think that's why that they, they like I think that the Patriots defense had quite a bit to do with that as well. But I mean, who scored the touchdown though? And had all the yards. <laughs> you said single-handedly, like I mean, he. I'm, I'm talking from an offensive fantasy perspective. Like, I, I don't care how many times Stephon Gilmore shut down Randy Cooks, but I mean, he did shut him down a lot of times. That's not. That's, that's not like that didn't happen. I'm, I, I hear. I hear what you're saying. But my point being, Sony Michelle is going to be a part of the Rams' offense in, as a whole, and Dale Hamilton as well. So. I do think Cam Akers has a chance to take over the role, but not to the point where I'm seeking him out by any means necessary. And it looks like this team is being passing as a passing team with Matt Stafford. Like if I'm Sean McVay, I'm not looking, I don't have a reason. I'm not looking to run the ball super frequently. If I can pass the ball to Cooper cup, OBJ and Robert Woods, 
barring I don't think OBJ is going to be there next year personally. So that does mean there is a chance Cam Makers has a bigger role. But if I was looking at next year, I would wouldn't rank Cam Makers inside my top twenty five running backs personally. I don't think I would either, to be honest. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, I'm not as excited. I'm not that excited about him, but I think he's definitely worth a hold. Um, if he's somehow how, out on your waiver wire in the dynasty, you'd obviously want to go get him, but that should not be the case. Um, I did want to ask, you already mentioned it a little bit. You said you don't think OBJ is going to be on the, the Rams next year, Gabby. I'm curious do you what's your outlook in dynasty for both Odell and for Cooper Cup? Um, I think for Odell, it's like how do you how do you view him? Do you think he has a lot of are you trying to sell high? Um, I think maybe actually the same question for Cooper Cup. Are you trying to sell high and capitalize on this? Um, Cooper Cup, of course, has is having the best fantasy season of all time for a wide receiver. So it's doubtful that he's gonna replicate it next year quite to the same point. Are you trying to capitalize on that? Or what are you doing uh, with both those guys? I'll start with you, Gabby. Starting with OBJ, if I had OBJ in Dynasty, I would be looking to hold him. Just because if he moves on to a different team, personally, I feel like it's going to be for the money. And whatever team gets, gives him the most money, I feel like where he's going to go if it's a big market. And if that's the case, He's going to get a lot of targets, but also he's 29. So if somebody is interested in OBJ, I would definitely listen. But there is no, I'm not actively seeking to trade him by any means just because he's a free agent. So I want to see where he lands. But I'm not, I'm not really excited about him anymore as I was two or three years ago. Now he's just a different, another asset on my team that that has the potential to have big weeks. But with Cooper Cup, he's having the greatest wide receiver season of all time. I don't know what you could sell him for that would recoup value. And if he comes back next year and has 20% less of a season that he has right now, that's still a wide receiver one. That's still a guy that is in your lineup every week, winning you weeks on a consistent basis. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess there is going to be – there is an offer out there that you have to say yes to, but I just don't see a reason why you would sell high on him. I mean, if I could get – if I could get the right offer, it definitely would. Like, I mean, I mean, everybody, just, I mean, everybody is tradable at the right price. But there are player for player. He's not the best player in – he wouldn't be the number one pick in Dynasty uh, next year, in my opinion. And so I think – I, I think there, there, there are people that you might be able to trade him for. I, I would say this is doubtful, but you might be able to trade him for um, like uh, Jonathan Taylor, potentially, if you add maybe a little bit, maybe to sweeten the pot for that. But I would do that. I would probably do that uh, over. I'd rather have him the Cooper Cup. Um, you might be able to convince somebody who is looking for the longevity if you're in a league that's been around for a while um, of the wide receiver position. But I mean, Jonathan Taylor is probably going to be around the amount, same amount of time as Cooper Cup about. But uh, if you could do something like that, um, you know, I think it's probably – he's probably the guy, the easiest guy that comes to mind. But um, I think you'd probably do it for Kamara probably. 
Um, so I think there are some there are some people that I'd probably make that trade for. And um, if I tomorrow owner, I would think about if someone offered me Cooper Cup, it would. It's all depending on if if I'm looking to win right now. Like if I'm in the championship, or if I was let's say in the playoffs right now, and I had Kamara, and someone offered me Cooper Cup, that'd be a hard that'd be a hard trade to decline right now, given that Cooper Cup is on this this tear. Kamara, he's playing okay, but like it's not the Kamara that we all know and love. We I can be honest there. If so, I wasn't sure I was going to win my matchup. I would take – I would definitely take Cooper Cup. Yeah, so there's – it's – obviously this is all depending on your team, but I think Cooper Cup in a dynasty format is obviously the best non-running back asset, but – I don't know how you could trade Cooper Cup. I don't know how you could – Yeah, I just – Andrew, you would say no to uh, to Jonathan Taylor in Dynasty for Cooper Cup. It would be hard. It would be hard to give away Cooper Cup for me. You would say no to Jonathan Taylor. Wow. Well, I, I. So yeah, there's a trade that could happen in some leagues. But some I, people. Sorry, say that again, Andrew. I'd have to sleep on that one. Yeah. No, that one. Uh, I would definitely have Jonathan Taylor. Not a question. I I'm think not, Jonathan Taylor is going to only get better. But say that one more time, Andrew. I'm not just automatically saying yes. That's for sure. Okay. Well, I, I guess that's fair. I mean, like like I said at the start of this, this is, Cooper Cup is uh, literally having the greatest fantasy wide receiver wide receiver season of all time. So, um, you know, tough to tough to beat that for sure. Um, but Andrew, but uh, how are you feeling about uh, OBJ before we move on from this matchup? As far as his dynasty outlook, uh, I know we just talked to Gabby about OBJ, so curious what you. Think. I think and I'm basically in agreement with Gabby. I think you're if you're not doing one thing, it's you're not seeking him out. That's for sure. I I think that's true. Yeah, I mean, if you personally, if you can like get him as a add on to a deal, that's something I might do. Uh, I'm interested in OBJ. I'm a big believer in his talent, as is well-documented on this show. Um, but uh, I'm not necessarily going to trade him, and I'm not, yeah, not trying to get him, not tr- trading any real assets for him necessarily. So, uh, all right. So moving on to our next matchup here. Uh, this one is probably not going to be super entertaining. Uh, we got the Buccaneers playing the Jets. Um you know, the Buccaneers are very, uh, a very, very owned defense in most fantasy leagues. They're highly, their percentage of ownership is high. Um, so you probably can't get them, but if you have them, you should definitely be playing them, obviously. Um, there's no question about that. And then I think you're playing Tom Brady, you're playing Antonio Brown, and you're playing, you're playing Gronk, and uh, you're playing Ronald Jones. Uh, but Andrew, I, I would imagine there's probably not a whole ton to add here for you, but is there anything about this Buccaneers-Jets matchup uh, that you wanted to, to highlight that I haven't touched on? No, I kind of struggle with it, honestly, just because I was looking at my own matchup. I have a lot of stock in Tom Brady, um, and I was just looking at the matchup, and it kind of scares me of how bad the Jets are, to be honest. There is a concern, I think, that uh, 
the Bucks take out their starters, then you just see Blaine Gabbert finishing off the game. Maybe, maybe there's only three quarters for Tom Brady to score points. Maybe that only results in him scoring like 18 points. So potentially if you have a better option, I guess I would consider starting them. Uh, maybe like a Taysom Hill or someone like that. I might think about starting them over Tom Brady, whereas other weeks I wouldn't, but it is, it is kind of it is kind of tough uh, at this point. You kind of always want to start your best player, so it's kind of like with Cooper Cup. It's also very hard to sit Tom Brady, especially when there's a juicy matchup like the Jets. Yeah, he could just go out and throw three three shutties right off the bat and be chilling for the the rest of the game. I'm I'm starting Tom Brady personally. I I just feel like I if I'm gonna lose, I want it to be losing playing Tom Brady, which is. Uh, Actually, something that happened to me last week when he went out there and put up 14 points. Um, but, you know, at least I can sleep well at night playing uh, one of the best fantasy quarterbacks and one of the best quarterbacks in general. And I know that's kind of a, a kind of a cop out, lazy answer a little bit. But, um, you know, I think you're playing the best uh, you're playing one of the best matchups in in fantasy, fantasy the Jets. Um, and I think you just got to trust Tom Brady to go out there and, and dominate like he's done a lot of times when he played the Jets back in, in New England. Um, and so I'm playing Tom Brady confidently as a top 10 quarterback uh, this week. Um, Gabby, where do you land on that question? Tom Brady, I'm definitely playing him versus the Jets. Um, with Antonio Brown, I just don't see how you can't, especially if you I'm with you, Sam, completely. Um, especially if Mike Evans is going to be back this week, so it's looking like he is. So, I, I, Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and yes, he, he's losing some weapons in Godwin, but he's been so good for you, and he's been he was bad last week when the matchup was good, but he. It's just hard to look on the waiver wire. Like, if it's Trey Lance, like, are you really starting Trey Lance versus Tom Brady? That's how you're going to go out? Hell that's no. A, that's a sad way to – Hell no. <laughs> that is, like, you are getting ro- – yeah, I'm completely with you, Sam. I'm sorry, Andrew. I he did, For the record, Andrew did not say he would play Trey Lance over Tom Brady. No, no, not, I'm, <laughs> no I know. I'm not saying that. I don't know, Andrew's uh, – he's not defending himself i don't know andrew are you, are you playing trey lance or tom brady this week i mean i think i'd take tom brady i think of that i thought that i thought that was a given i said taste Hill initially and i think yeah, maybe i still would consider taste Hill. no i mean i i think I mean, taste hill is a great fantasy option in quarterback i mean maybe, i'd probably still play tom brady over him but i don't blame you for that i have a lot of leagues where that's the case and i do have taste Hill, but yeah i think i am actually gonna play Tom Brady over him but it's kind of close for me I understand the concern I wouldn't blame someone for playing Taysom Hill over Tom Brady no not not that one but yeah Trey Lance I would think you were crazy of course (laughs) um I don't think there's much more to this matchup um so I mean stop me if you guys want to say anything about this matchup moving forward or anything like that but um I think we can move on to the Falcons and the Bills um one of another one of the early morning games. Uh, Andrew, you're a resident Bills fan. We got lots of lots of players on the COVID list trying to come back. 
We got a big game from Isaiah McKenzie last week. I mean, there's a lot to digest with the Bills right now. I, I want you to take us through it. Okay, well, I guess I'll start it off with uh, the people who are returning. Obviously, Cole Beasley is returning along with Gabriel Davis. A lot of people picked up Gabriel Davis on their waiver wire, and he probably sat on their bench last week. Well, this week, I honestly probably – I think I would play him maybe in like a flex if you don't have a lot of good options. If if you have a lot of good options, I, I would probably keep him on the bench. Uh, but uh, I think he could be due for a touchdown. The Bills do need this win to win the AFC East, so they will come out fiery and hot. Uh, I mean, they just uh, they just really uh, kick the can with the Patriots. And then uh, I actually think the person who has the biggest game to this week for the Bills is probably Dawson Knox, just because the Falcons' secondary is actually pretty decent, especially A.J. Terrell, and he's going to be shadowing Diggs for sure. So I wouldn't start – I wouldn't – or I would start Diggs still, but I would still – I would start Dawson Knox. If you have him and he's sitting on your bench, I would give him a start. And potentially, potentially, even if you don't have a good flex and you're really desperate, I would still start Dawson Knox because I can almost guarantee he scores a touchdown this week. Um, I agree. Dawson Knox is a great play. I think, I think the Bills will do a fair amount of passing just because I don't think they have a running game. So I don't think the Bills aren't one of those teams I worry about getting up too far and uh, and running the ball. Um, I actually do think I would I would probably start Devin Singletary too as my RB two if I was desperate. He's a good luck this week. I, I'm not saying that the the Bills running back. I mean the Bills running backs are not that good and are hurt by the fact they don't run the ball. But I'm not saying. Uh, I was more trying to say that I'm not concerned about the uh, the Bills running away with it in their passing options, not getting their their due. Um, but yeah, I would say if you are going to play a running back, there would be Devin Singletary. Um, but he's outside my top 20 running backs this week. Um, Gabby, Gabby, what, what, what are you thinking about, uh, I guess, Devin Singletary and uh, any of the other players in this matchup? Um, I, I think the Bills, it's an interesting – the offense is very interesting just because of how many wide receivers are going to come back from COVID that are – or the COVID protocols. And I think did he make really make a role for himself, or is he just filling it in for Cole Beasley? We'll see next week. And Josh Allen in the running game, Devin Devin Singletary has only been able to really take over and over. But I guess next year, Josh Allen is going to start. If you start looking at his contract as a whole, he's going to start making a lot of money, Andrew. Are you worried that the team might get like stripped down or like anything like that just because he's gonna get paid so much? Because I feel like there's some games, maybe just from a non-fantasy perspective, that the Bills just don't. I don't know. Look, like look as good as they should. So, wait, are you trying to say that you think that the Bills might not be able to afford an offensive line? Oh my gosh, the Bills didn't have an offensive line. Oh, could you imagine? Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the Bills will, will be fine. I mean, I think that they Brandon Bean is a great GM, and uh, along with Sean McDermott being a great coach, they'll be able to get good players and develop good players for relatively good values, I think. And they've done that throughout their time in Buffalo. 
which I think is key and critical to sustaining your success, especially when you do find the franchise quarterback. I think oftentimes the reason why teams fail with their franchise quarterbacks is because they just don't draft well and it costs them a valuable championship time and things like that, where they could be, they could be uh, building a legacy and they're instead wasting their time on a rebuild because their roster isn't good enough. But I think the bills are one of those teams that have found a good way to sustain their success. And it looks like they're going to be competitive for a long time. I mean, they made the playoffs three out of the last four years. So I mean, I think I feel pretty good about them, but uh, yeah, I guess the, the big contracts are always concerning, but uh, it's least or less concerning when uh, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league and you kind of know that now at this point, and it's been guaranteed by the way that he's, or it's that, uh, that thought is uh, solidified by how he plays and how he has played throughout the season. I think that, the last game he played against the Patriots. I don't know if you're a Bills fan, you can't really have much doubt at this point after a game like that against the Patriots. I mean, beautifully said. Uh, I don't think that, I don't think anybody has any doubts about uh, the Bills being a good team. Um, I, I definitely am not one who would worry about Josh Allen's contract either. Uh, I think Josh Allen is one of the three best quarterbacks in the NFL right now and is going to continue to be that for quite a while. So um, I think the Bills are going to be quite good moving forward. Um, is there anything else either of you wanted to say about this matchup before we move forward? Oh, um, I'm honestly not looking to start Isaiah McKenzie. I think he probably scores maybe 10 to 15 points, but more like he scores five between five to 10 points, I think in the most realistic sense. So I'm not really looking to start him, but maybe if I'm desperate. Yeah, no, I almost forgot. I wanted to say as well, Isaiah McKenzie, not uh, not a start for me either. Um, Andrew had said to me after it happened that Isaiah McKenzie basically had the same game as Kadarius Tony did earlier in the season. And, uh, you know, we thought about that. And at least uh, I, I don't I think Andrew agrees with me. I'm not sure, but – um, I think the main thing about that is, yes, that's true, but Kadarius Tony was a rookie, and we have seen Isaiah McKenzie for a long time, and he is unlikely to sustain this level. So I, I wouldn't get overly excited about that. I think the one other thing I wanted to talk about in this matchup, though, is Dawson Knox going into next year. I'm a believer that he's going to sustain value and be a, a good tight end that's drafted in the top job. 10 of course I, well I, I I don't know if I'd go great if you're talking great like the very top level of guys that are you you're drafting in the early early rounds I think Dawson Knox is just outside there but um, sounds like Andrew agrees with me that he's at least up there but I was curious Gabby if you thought he would be up there uh, by the time we get to drafting next year uh, no I think Dawson Knox if He'll probably be like a mid-tier tight end. If I, if I do my quick rankings right now, I would think he'd be in the TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard range. Like Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts range as well. I think Kyle Pitts would be a little bit above him. I think well, Hawkinson Barnes, and Pitts would be above him personally. Dawson Knox scored a lot of touchdowns, though. And, not often, and I, it just – him and Josh Allen have a connection. Like, and he broke his hand. 
I guess it might depend on who the quarterback is in Detroit for TJ Hawkinson. But yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, I think he's gonna be a. I think the tight end position is really has gotten really deep this year. I, you guys know I was a big tight end. You got to get your tight end early type of guy like Kelsey Kittle, Waller, Bus. But I think next year I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna lay back to the tight end. I think it's gotten a lot deeper. And now, at least now to the point where it's, there's eight tight ends I'd be pretty comfortable having on my roster. So going into next year. So I think, I don't think the tight end upgrade or premium that you got in years past is as dominant this year, which is a good thing for fantasy. I mean, I definitely don't think it's as big of a deal this coming into this year, but um, uh, I definitely still think it's a real thing. I mean, not to get it too much into draft talk in December uh, of the current season, but um, I definitely think that those top guys like a Kittle, a Mark Andrews and a Kelsey, those guys are, I mean, pretty obviously in my opinion, um, far, far more consistent with a far higher ceiling. Um, We are guys like Knox. They still have games where they bust for you. Uh, They're still somewhat inconsistent. So I still think there's a huge, clear tear break there. Um, but I, I hear what you're saying. And I definitely am not as, um, not as, not, not as stressed if I don't get one of those top guys this year. Uh, but I think we all agree that uh, Dawson Knox is somewhere in that top 10 for sure. Uh, I would not be surprised solidly. if Dawson Knox is a top three tight end next year. Just going to say it. Uh, not the craziest hot take, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen personally, but you know, it could happen. Could happen. Uh, I'm not, not that. Gabby's going to cry over here. He's laughing too hard. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't think so. I, it might take an injury or two, bro, but we'll see. Um, or for uh, anything else in that matchup, uh, before we move on, that was a good one. Hey, hey, we'll remember that. <laughs> Build Mafia coming after you. Uh <laughs> Anyways, uh, we got Chiefs Bengals next, the next early game. Uh, Gabby, this one's pretty juicy. I think this is actually going to be a pretty fun matchup to watch. Um, what here stands out to you? What are you looking at? What are you thinking about for this season and next? Um, let's start on the Bengals side. Is the Bengals the best young offense that you would want to own in Dynasty? I'm looking to grab. T- Higgins. I'm looking to grab Jamar Chase. I'm looking to grab Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, or Joe Burrow. All of them. Those, they're all good. Tyler Boyd is very fluky. Um, I'm I'm not gonna go out and seek him by any means, but like the other four guys I just mentioned, I would be looking to trade future picks, current picks, whatever it needs to take to get my hands on those guys. Those guys are the real deals, and they've shown it long enough to to where they're all young and they're all going to be together for a while. And the Bengals know what their problem is. Offensive line. If the offensive line gets better and you prove that defense a little bit, what's stopping that team from winning Super Bowls? It's scary. So from a dynasty perspective, I'm all over this Bengals team. Well, what do you guys think about it from a dynasty perspective? Are you guys – I'd say that Would Joe guys, Mixon you guys, definitely 
not stopping them from winning Super Bowls. I would trade for Joe Mixon. Okay. <laughs> uh, you trade for Joe Mixon? You think that he's yeah. worth the value that you have to pay right now? You think he's going to be even better? Yeah, I actually do. It's weird. It just feels like a down year for him to me. I think he, it's just because I don't the, the highest expectations for him. I don't know what you're talking about. He led the the league. I don't know about after this week, but going into this week, he led the league in carries. Well, so, yeah, like, but I'm I talking about production time. with what he's given. I'd be like, he's. But I'd be like, yeah, what well, you guys were talking about the offensive line that 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 uh, improves. I think he could be averaging. Uh, a higher amount of yards per carry and really breaking off more chunk plays. And that's where Joe Mixon really shines. I mean, do you I disagree? Do you think that I think that it's almost an exponential thing? I think he could be a little bit more consistent, but I don't think he's worth the, like, I'm not going to like pay a lot more. I don't think, like, I don't think he's going to be much better. I have a hard time because he's already getting, his maximum opportunity basically and i mean he could be more efficient with it but he can only be so much more efficient with it i mean we've seen joe mixon for a while so um i think he's guaranteed top five next year's draft guaranteed in like in overall players or like just in running back wow i could see him i don't i don't even think he I, i don't even know if he'd be a top five running back um maybe uh that i'd have to think about that but um yeah, I wouldn't bet on him being a top five running back, I don't think personally. Gabby, what's your thought on this? Top five running back next year? No, I would not bet on that. I think Joe Mixon's definitely at his peak of value. Um if I were to looking to trade for these guys in dynasty in terms of not necessarily what I have to go for them, but in terms of what I think their value is now, in terms of what I think their value could be later. It would be Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, then Joe Burrow, and then Joe Mixon. I think Joe Mixon is definitely at his peak. I mean, we got to remember, he's been in the league for a while now, and this is his best season, and he had an injury problem. That was his problem going back years now, and this is the first year he's been healthy, and now he's been able to shine. But why why do we think next year he's just going to be healthy all of a sudden just because he was able to do it for the first time? I think that's a little bit foolish. So I'm a little – I think that's something we have to keep note of with Joe Mixon. But he definitely he hasn't talented. Even been no that, be. He hasn't even been that healthy this year is what I was trying to add. Exactly. He'd be so, so much better. <laughs> I mean, he, he's played in every game, but he's been like – he's been limited in some games. So, I mean, I agree. I don't, I guess I agree is that he won't be healthy or every game. That'd be unlikely. Um, but I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Is there anything else you wanted to add there? No, it was, it was just. Okay. Um, I also just wanted to say, I think uh, obviously uh, Jamar Chase is – if you're in a, in a dynasty startup draft, uh, I just want to be clear that, I mean, Jamar Chase is one of the best options. I don't know if there's – I don't know if there's a ton of – I think I think he's probably a top 10 wide receiver um, 
in dynasty if you're doing a redraft right now just as far as draft position um so i i would say i wouldn't i wouldn't be afraid to take him he's he's an awesome talent and like gabby said i don't see why this team couldn't go to the super bowl in a year or two um so you definitely want wide receivers on good teams so definitely a good pick there and then on uh on the Chiefs, I think there's the one thing I wanted to mention is that Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, he could miss the game uh, this week. So um, monitor that. Daryl Williams is obviously the play if uh, if Clyde is to miss. Um, but, yeah, anything else in that matchup that any of either of you uh, wanted to add before we move forward there? No. Okay. And uh, just check to uh, – Double check on Clyde, and it does look like he still has not practiced as of Wednesday. So moving on to our next matchup here, uh, we got the Dolphins and the Titans, both teams that have been playing pretty well this season. Uh, Should be a pretty interesting game. The Dolphins have been on a tear lately. Uh, Kind of tough to nail down uh, what running back to use in that backfield. I would probably be staying away from that personally. Um, But, you know, um, uh, Jalen Waddle, I think he's the, the, the clear guy you want to play in that offense. Um, other than that, there's nobody that I feel super strongly about. Um, but it, I guess just on the other side, I think AJ Brown's the only, uh, only other guy in the entire matchup that I feel super strongly about playing. But, um, is there anything in this matchup that, uh, either of you wanted to mention, I guess, Andrew, I'll just start with you. Is there anything about this matchup? Uh, for this week or anything about either of these teams in the future that you wanted to highlight? Um, no, those teams are tough. I think, I think I'm starting AJ Brown, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm starting anyone else other than Um, that. How do you feel about how, where do you think that uh, Derrick Henry is going to fall in next year's, like redraft leagues as far as like the drafts i think overdrafted honestly i kind of just feel like uh or maybe not maybe this could be maybe this could be his uh i'm kind of split on it to be honest because this could be either uh one of those injuries where players are like yeah i'm injured i can't play but i'm getting i'm getting recovery time for my body it could be like that for him even though the titans will be in the playoffs and he will play it does kind of seem like this could be this could be almost more helpful to him than hurtful in a way because he does get so much usage. But at the same time, I just don't think that he's gonna be he's gonna come back next year. I don't think that at some point the Titans can't keep this up because running the ball like that is just like seems so unsustainable to me, especially in today's NFL. I'm just not sure about the whole thing. I think I'd honestly rather have Joe Mixon. If I'm just calling it right now. Wow. I definitely disagree with that. I disagree with the, I definitely think running the ball is becoming more of the way to go in the NFL. Um, I think it's kind of going back. I mean, obviously the pass is still hugely important, but I think a team that can dominate in the run game uh, can be pretty damn good. I think we're seeing that in Indianapolis. I think we're seeing that um, in the amount of games that the Steelers have been able to win um, on the back of Najee, even though they suck in every other aspect. Um, And I I think we've seen that with the Titans too, before Derrick Henry went out. And I mean, in a lot of ways, still even after. Um, So I definitely don't agree. I definitely think that you can win with a power run game. 
And I, I definitely think I'd rather, I would definitely rather, if I was drafting today for next year, would definitely rather have Derrick Henry than Joe Mixon. Um, Gabby, where do you stand on that? Uh, I, I, I honestly think I'd rather have Joe Mixon. Really? In redraft or dynasty or both? Uh, in, I think in re, well, I think both. both because, because running backs have, I think running backs have shorter life because, and the dynasty, the Cincinnati offense is going to be explosive for a little bit here. So I think I lean to but it's close. I'd I feel like Joe have, Mixon uh, is emerging superstar still. I'd rather have Joe Mixon in Dynasty for sure. I agree with you guys on that. Uh, but Derrick Henry, I for sure would rather have next year. So I can I can respect that. Oh, then Derrick. Oh, oh. oh sorry. I, I then Derrick Henry. No, I think Derrick Henry definitely in a redraft. I I would take over Joe Mixon. I think. Derrick Henry coming up next year, I think he's still in the top three conversation. I don't know if me and you were having this conversation on air, Sam, but after Jonathan Taylor and what, Cooper Cup, I think I think you got to consider taking Derrick Henry there at the three spot. Like, he was so dominant before the foot injury. I mean, maybe that's the tail. He's running back and he's had a lot of carries, but I think it's hard not to take him after just how good he was when he was playing. And Tennessee's going to lean on him as soon as he's healthy. They're they're just not the same team without him. Yeah, I believe we did have this conversation on air. And I I did. That's kind of why I also wanted to to, uh, get Andrew's perspective on it, um, also compared to Joe Mixon. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. I I think Derrick Henry is a top three pick. Um, I'd probably even rather have him above Cooper Cup personally the next year. Um, but I do think Joe Mixon is probably a better dynasty dynasty asset. Um, I just think he could be around longer and be very, very good as well. Um, but is there uh, anything from this matchup, uh, anything else from this matchup that you guys wanted to touch on? I personally, uh, I guess, just wanted to say before I turn it over to you guys, um, is just that, the Dolphins being talked about as a, a defense to stream this week. I personally would be fading that. I am a little bit more of a believer in Tennessee's offense than it sounds like um, other people are. So a lot of people talking about Miami being a good uh, streaming defense. I personally disagree. Um, I don't think that necessarily Andrew or Gabby agree with me on that, uh, but I just wanted to put that out there as my opinion. Um, but is there anything else that you guys wanted to add on this matchup before we move forward? No, okay. I think I'm good. All right. Uh, well, you know, next one is going to be Raiders at Colts. Uh, and, I mean, you know it's gonna, what's going to happen. I mean, Gabby, as the residence Colts fan, residence Colts fan, resident Colts fan would be the correct way to say that. Take us through this matchup. What do we need to know about? Um, COVID. 
Uh, Sam Ellinger is the starting quarterback here for Indianapolis. So they, uh, I'm fading Michael Pittman this week and all other pass catching options. But when we're looking long term, the wide receiver, Michael Pittman, he's an interesting sell high candidate just because it's pretty obvious that the Colts are need to get a, another wide receiver in the draft or through free agency or both. T.Y. Hilton, he's aging. He's on a one-year deal. He's going to be out. I think this is last year. Ever. So they're, they're going to look to get somebody in the draft, look for a guy like Jamison Williams of Alabama. Ooh, that would be so nice in the Colts system. But they can also go in free agency as well. So Michael Pittman, he's had a really good year this year, but he's not – the Colts aren't ever going to be a pass-happy team with the money they're going to put in that offensive line and how good Jonathan Taylor is. It's going to be a run-heavy team, and Michael Pittman had a really good year this year. So I think he's going to be an interesting sell-high candidate. What do you guys – I think I agree. I think Michael Pittman – I think I would sell high on him. I'm not really sold on him as – Actually, no, I am sold on him as a player. I'm just not sold on him on his role in the in the indie offense. I just feel like uh I just feel like his production is never gonna be really wide receiver one. I feel like it's always gonna feel kind of wide receiver two. I kind of see uh Michael Pittman as uh uh we may have we may have lost Gabby momentarily, so we may we may have to take a break for technical difficulties here in a second, but uh, just to uh, kind of finish off at least my thoughts on this, um, Michael Pittman, I think, is probably going to be a lot like T.Y. Hilton it was uh, for the Colts, you know, in the past. I think he's probably going to be just outside that top 10 uh, most years. A guy that you're going to be interested in having on your team, but not necessarily a guy um, that you're going to draft super high or expect to. Uh, be winning you a ton of weeks. He's definitely going to have that ability to score, score you 20 plus and win you a week. But um, I don't think you're going to necessarily expect him to be your consistent number one performer. So I, I agree. I think, I think he'll be a wide receiver too, probably. Um, but I think he'll be a really solid wide receiver too. That you'll have a lot of confidence in starting uh, moving forward. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, at this point though, we are going to take a quick break. Uh, for technical difficulties. And uh, once we get Gabby back, we'll be coming back to you guys. So see you soon. All right. Welcome back. We, uh, we were not able to get Gabby to rejoin us. He is having enough technical difficulties on his end that uh, he is not able to get back into the Zoom call, not able to finish the pod with us. So we are very sad about that, but we are not going to uh, give up. We are going to keep going on and uh, continue with these matchups here. So um, obviously, I guess a little bit more expedited, but uh, continuing with the Colts and Raiders matchup, there's just a couple last few things I wanted to touch on before we moved on. Uh, just wanted to make sure y'all were aware that it is unlikely uh, that uh, Darren Waller plays um, this week due to testing positive for COVID. So he's been out because he's been hurt for a few weeks. And then now he is out because he has tested positive for COVID. Uh, so he will likely be out this week. Um, I guess it's not completely for sure yet, but it is very probable that he will miss. Um, and then 
I just wanted to see, Andrew, do you think there's any question in anybody's mind that Jonathan Taylor is the number one pick in, uh, in fantasy drafts next year? No, I don't see it really any other way than that. I mean, unless something drastic happens to the Colts organization, like potentially them not making the playoffs because of uh, because of Carson Wentz being an anti-vaxxer. But... <laughs> I still don't think that would uh, change the chances that Jonathan Taylor is the number one pick, but um, I guess maybe if, if Carson Wentz wasn't the quarterback and they had um, somebody bad there, um, that would maybe – make me nervous, but I don't think that will happen. Um, Yeah, that would be pretty, uh, pretty sad for the Colts though, if they missed out on the playoffs because their quarterback wouldn't get vaccinated, but you know, I guess uh, sure they chose what made their bed and now they're going to lie in it, I guess. So good luck to them. There's no going back now. They already have the, they're giving away the first round pick. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, uh, Good luck to them for Gabby's sake. I hope they get the win uh, this week. Um, next next game, though, uh, we have on the docket their last of the early games. We got the Eagles playing the football team. I mean, football team is out, of course, now. Um, you're playing Terry McLaurin every week, and other than that, I don't think there's uh, much going on there other than Antonio Gibson, who is, again, another weekly starter. Uh, on the Eagles side, looks like Miles Sanders might not play, so Boston Scott would be the handcuff there. The Eagles would be an awesome defense to play, and then you're of course playing, uh, you're of course playing Jalen Hurts. I'm very curious to see. Um, I think he'll probably still be the quarterback next year, just because it's not like there's a really anywhere else they'll go with that. I don't think, but um, I'm curious to see how this team looks. Um, moving forward, I think they're going to be one of the more interesting teams to see how they uh, build around Jalen Hurts. Um, but, you know, I think it's pretty much same old, same old for this team uh, as they've been all season. Uh, I think you're playing Dallas Goddard still, even though he's had some down weeks. Um, so, yeah, I think it's pretty much same old, same old for the Eagles, uh, other than Miles Sanders, of course, being out. So, uh, Andrew, how are you feeling about this team? I know you mentioned uh, Dallas Goddard to me earlier. Um, so I'm curious how you feel about this team and I guess Dallas Goddard in general. Yeah, I think Dallas Goddard's a good asset to have. I mean, in Dynasty, if you have Dallas Goddard, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. I know I am. And uh, I think in redraft, you are as well. I mean, he had a low week last week, but I think it was kind of a fluke. In the previous two weeks, he had 20-pointers. Uh, one of them almost turning into a 30-pointer. But, um, yeah, I think you feel good about uh, the – I think you feel good about Dallas Goddard and the direction of the Eagles in general. I think that I think that Jalen Hurts, uh, if you don't think that Jalen Hurts has earned a, himself a job, I think you need to look at the potential options going into next season. I think a lot of teams are going to be looking into Mitchell Trubisky and quarterbacks like that, whereas Jalen Hurts is going to all of a sudden be a luxury rather than something that's handicapping the team. Whereas, And that's kind of how people have been picturing it, I feel like. Uh, as the season has gone along, is that Jalen Hurts hasn't really been helping the team as much. But I think he's put together a good season. I think he's earned the job. I think he's kind of here to stay. And I think uh, I think for the Eagles, I hope that they take one of those picks and they trade back actually a year. I think that would be what's best for them. But uh, the Eagles, I think that if you're an Eagles fan, you're optimistic. And then for the 
for the football team, I think if you're not optimistic, you're actually opposite. It seems like they're probably going to have to keep Riverboat Ron, which is the least of their issues. Their I team like still Ron seems Rivera, to be falling apart. Rivera. I mean, I like him too. I just don't, I think he needs to get out. It's just kind of a fucked up situation. And so I, completely I think, disagree. I don't know what I you're think talking you, about. I mean, you got Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne getting in fights on the sideline. They've been teammates for years. I don't know. They're not making the playoffs again. One small – oh, they don't have a quarterback. Yeah, when Ryan Fitzpatrick comes back, it's not going to get any better. And none of these quarterbacks that are coming in, I think, have the skill to take them to that next level. It's going to be a – they're all equipped for a rebuild team. They're not going to take a team anywhere. I I don't agree. I think – I think they are a quarterback away. And, yeah, it's not a great quarterback offseason, and I think that's really scary for the Washington football team. Um, but I think they're a quarterback away from being a team that really contends um, in, for the playoffs at the very least. So um, I think they're a team to watch. I think they almost – they were in playoff contention, I mean, at least technically, until recently. Um, and they've – done that with Taylor Heineke so I think if they had a guy who was just a little bit better um, I think they're a team that really could make some noise in the NFL so I think I think they're a quarterback away and you're right it's a really tough tough year for a quarterback so I'm not sure who they'll get which is another reason like you said why uh, Jalen Hurts is probably pretty solid in his spot um, on the Eagles but um, I think if they are able to get a quarterback they'll be really good and I think that would be really obviously positive for all their fantasy options but um, I think at the very least they'll have Taylor Heineke again, and he's shown that he can at least be somewhat productive for fantasy um, as far as having enough, uh, doing enough to keep his, uh, his weapons fantasy relevant. So I'm not, I'm not out on the Washington football team by any means, um, but I think that there's uh, I think I'd be a little nervous that they're not going to get that quarterback that they need to make Terry McLaurin just the, a little bit more consistent that you're really looking for. But um, I personally think they're just a quarterback away. And I, I think Ron Rivera is a good coach. I mean, he took a team to a Super Bowl. He's a, he's a good coach in my opinion. So I disagree with you on that, but uh, anything else you want to add there? Uh, Dave Gettleman took a team to the to Super Bowl as well, but I wouldn't hire him. He's not a coach. And Ron Rivera was, I'm not exactly sure when Dave Gettleman joined, but Ron Rivera took the Panthers from nothing to the Super Bowl. Not that he did it all on his own or anything. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying that he really was there to help build that team into a team that could contend for a Super Bowl. So um, Ron Rivera definitely has my respect. And I I think he's a good coach personally. But um, last thing I wanted to say in this uh, about these two teams um, on the Eagles side is going to be Miles Sanders. I, if you have anybody who's interested in him at all, I would be trying to trade him now. I do not think he's going to be the starting running back in Philadelphia next year. Yes, he's had some injury issues, but he has got a grand total of zero touchdowns on the year this year, passing or receiving, or sorry, passing or receiving. I meant rushing or receiving. Um, Doesn't have a single touchdown this year. Miles Sanders has disappointed you for fantasy in almost every way. He's been okay. It's pretty good even in some games um, as far as like real football is concerned. But um, yeah, you're not, I'm out on Miles Sanders and I would not be surprised if he is not the starter in Philadelphia next year. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought somebody in. Uh, So I just wanted to say that, Andrew, I'm curious if you disagree or 
Uh, are you a believer in Miles Sanders' talent? Do you think he's a good running back and going to be the guy in Philadelphia moving forward after this year, or do you think he could get usurped? Yeah, I do feel like he could get usurped, but I'm not. I'm not necessarily out on him. I think they'll have a role on some team in some way. I think it. I think it's most likely the Eagles, but I could see him getting traded for maybe a fourth round pick or something like that, and really finding success with another team. I think he's a good back. I like him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so sold. He is not really taking the reins um, after being given lots of chances on the Eagles. So. Wouldn't be completely shocked, but uh, I would not be betting on that. I would be betting on the 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 contrary, and so I'd be selling high. But uh, moving on to our next matchup, the first of the afternoon games uh, on Sunday, we got the Broncos and the Chargers. The Chargers coming off a shocking loss to Houston. Uh, good for the Texans, but they uh, crushed the Chargers there. Um Chargers, of course, had no, and they're 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 if I if I didn't say they're playing the Broncos, uh, but the Chargers they had no, uh, they had no Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson filled in mighty well, um, and so if there's no Austin Eckler again this week, Justin Jackson is going to be a, a great play again this week, um, and then on the Denver side, um, I I'm kind of looking to buy low maybe on some of their their passing options. Uh, not willing to pay a lot, but as we know, players like Cortland Sutton have shown flashes of talent, especially earlier in the year. Uh, players like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, but I mean, Jerry Judy is, was out at the beginning of the year, but they've each shown flashes of being fantasy relevant and real talent. Um, I, I would be, as a lot of people, I mean, are already talking about, but I would not be surprised if there was another quarterback in Denver this year or next year who's a lot more um, talented, a lot more, a lot better, um, and maybe with some experience. I'm not sure who that will be necessarily, but I think that Denver is going to be able to lure somebody in and uh, improve those fantasy, uh, those, those weapons fantasy outlook. So those are guys that I might consider buying low on if you're in a really deep dynasty league. Uh, definitely don't think you should go out there and pay a ton because I'm not sure who the uh, the number one is going to become. They've paid Tim Patrick and uh, Cortland Sutton, and I'm sure they'll pay Jerry Judy as he seems to be probably the best of the three. Um, and then they got Noah Fant as well. And then, of course, they just have Javante Williams, who's breaking out. So they just have options galore um, as far as weapons on that offense. So I really believe they're going to bring somebody in to play quarterback there. And I think that's going to be a huge boost for next year. Um, but as far as them this year, I don't think you need to worry about any of that. Um, I think you're just worried about the Chargers. And, I mean, I think on the Chargers side, you know who to start other than um, Justin Jackson being the, the one that's abnormal this week. But, Andrew, is there anything about these teams that you wanted to talk about? Andrew? Yep. Is there anything about the Broncos and Chargers that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I think that, um, <laughs> sorry, I was spacing out there for a no, second. It's all good. It's all good. The listeners understand. I think that, uh, you're probably starting Javante Williams cause he's hot right now and there's not a ton else. The Chargers, uh, I think that if their receivers come back, if you get Keenan Allen playing and you get, uh, Mike Williams to play, I think you're good. 
Um, I think that I'm even though they lost to the Texans, I feel good about them going forward. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I feel good about them moving forward, but they're yeah. Well, just I'm just saying, Justin Herbert still had a good game. Like I wouldn't nothing. Yeah, they don't really. That doesn't really deter me. More of a. But I guess they are playing the Broncos. That is kind of scary. I would say it's more of a problem. Their their performance last week is more of a. It says more about their defense and their offense. If I'm, I don't have their score right in front of me, but I believe they scored 29 points last week. So I mean, that's not a that's not a bad op- output for an offense, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think? Would you? I personally would still be playing Melvin Gordon alongside Javante Williams as uh, the Chargers have a terrible run defense. Uh, you agree with that? Yeah. I don't know if next week I would play Melvin Gordon, but yeah, for sure this week. Yeah, I'm They're not just going to sure run it at him. Not even sure who the Chargers play next week, to be honest. But yeah, uh, this week the matchup is very juicy. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, any any last bits of uh, information you wanted to add there? Uh, no, I think I'm good on that one. All right, we got the Texans and the 49ers in our next matchup. I mean, Texans, of course, like we just mentioned, coming off a huge victory against the Chargers. Uh, but, you know, I still don't think there's any actionable uh, things you're really looking to do for the Texans. I think Andrew, um, Andrew, I think you're a little bit more of a believer in Rex Burkhead. Is that correct? Uh, I guess. I'm not opposed to starting him. I mean, uh, 140 yards, two tighties. I'm, I'm definitely not opposed to starting him in week. In week 17, uh, which is formerly week 16, you kind of got to do what uh, what you got to do in terms of whoever's got the hot hand. Sometimes you just got to ride it, and if that means that it's going to win you the week, I'm not. I'm definitely not opposed to playing Rex Burkhead. This could be the second half of your week. You could be down. I think that's a great guy to throw in the lineup. 49ers defense. I think the 49ers just came off. Yeah, they just came off with a pretty disappointing loss. The morale could be low. They could be. They could, the Texans could easily win this game. I mean, not easily, maybe that's not the right word, but they could win. And they someone needs to score points in order for them to do that. Could be Rex Burkhead. No, I definitely could see the Texans winning this game. Um, in large part due to the fact that um, it is likely that Jimmy Garoppolo misses this game and we see Trey Lance start. Um, it's a thumb injury for Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe. Um, but you know, I still don't think that Rex Burkhead is going to be overly fantasy relevant. If you're in a deep league, then I guess you throw him in there. But if you're in a in a in a smaller smaller league, a more standard like ten or twelve man league, if you're starting Rex Burkhead in your championship, then I mean, you've been playing the waiver wire very well this whole season, probably if that's the case, or you just had some unfortunate injury that. Uh, you're you're going to have to make up from, but you're probably in trouble if that's the case. I'm not confident in Rex Burkhead um, this week personally, but again, definitely not the worst uh, option in deeper leagues. I think last week his huge game is kind of the fluke somewhat attributed to the fact that they were playing the Chargers who were one of the worst teams against uh, running backs for fantasy. Um, they've been in the top five on basically all year as far as uh, fantasy points allowed to running backs. Um, they're actually the number two team right now. Um, so they have allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs this year. So definitely a, a very juicy matchup against the Chargers. So I don't think that'll continue against the 49ers, who I think are, personally, I believe are more uh, are a stouter team against the run than the Chargers. But um, so 
not necessarily agreeing with you there, but not necessarily disagreeing either, I guess. Um, deep leagues only, I would play him. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, Trey Lance, yeah, I, I think is a, is a similar, I guess, take to, um, to Rex Burkhead, just in the fact that, I mean, you could play him. I believe in his last game is that he got in, uh, he got 16 rush attempts, if I'm correct. Um, but, you know, he'd still be a pretty risky play. Um, but there's a chance that he just gets to rush the ball a ton and is good for you. But personally, I would not be playing him um, unless you're in a very deep two man, two quarterback league and you're in a, in a sticky situation. But personally, I'd be avoiding him as well. Uh, but just to let you all know that he will be playing if he, if Trey Lance is the quarterback, I think that's a big downgrade for Brandon Ayuk, but I don't think you can do anything as far as benching um, Debo or, uh, or, Kittle. So, um, Andrew, how do you feel about the 49ers pass catching options if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is out and we see Trey Lance as the starter? Uh, I'm worried, but you kind of have to roll him out regardless. There's not much to say about that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, is there anything else in this matchup that you wanted to mention before uh, we move forward? No, I think we had all the points. Yeah, I mean, Texans aren't super exciting, but um, we got the Lions and the Seahawks as our next matchup here. Uh, another one that's not super exciting. Uh, there's been a lot of talk in the media, especially these last couple of weeks, about uh, maybe Russ moving on uh, from Seattle. That's going to be something we'll just have to monitor throughout the throughout the offseason. It's definitely not going to be much to talk about for that at this point. But obviously, is he thing. trying out for the Lions? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm sure he would love to go play there. Yeah, that's way better than Seattle. Um, yeah, no, I uh, don't think that for sure. Um, I think you can probably play Rashad Penny if you're in a pinch. Uh, but, it, you know, it's scary, but probably less scary than than uh, Rex Burkhead, in my opinion. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm probably not playing any of the Reliance running backs unless, I mean, you know, when you're in a really deep league, you could play Jamal Williams or – Craig Reynolds, but, you know, I would be avoiding that, especially in a championship matchup. Um, I think Amon Ross St. Brown is the only guy you'd even remotely consider. And, uh, you know, he's still a Lions wide receiver, so you're probably trying to avoid that. But, um, you know, any anything about this matchup, Andrew, that you wanted to highlight? I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown has been really, really good. Um, no, I've been starting Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, I like him. Uh, God, I try to stay away from, honestly, I'm trying to think of, trying to grasp the names. Maybe Rashad Penny, I guess, for the Seahawks. Uh, it seems like they would like him to be the lead back for the rest of the season. But, yeah, this is an ugly matchup. Oh, definitely agree. And uh, I didn't even realize how good Amon Ross St. Brown has been. I mean, he's had over four, uh, or in the last four weeks, he's had three of the four uh, weeks go over 20 fantasy points in, in the other fourth week he had 15 fantasy points so Alan Ross St. Brown has been exceptional um you can roll him out there with much more confidence than I alluded to previously um but still um not necessarily my favorite option it still makes you a little nervous playing a guy from Detroit but he has been on fire lately so um I wouldn't be afraid to play him by any means uh but yeah like you said the rest of that matchup is pretty pretty ugly so uh, we will move on to the next matchup here. We got the Cardinals and the Cowboys. Uh, Cardinals uh, coming off some some tough games. Uh, 
going up against the Cowboys here. Uh, Andrew, what about this matchup stands out to you? Um, I think the Cardinals start picking it back up. I mean, the Cowboys certainly have after some down weeks, but um, what do you think we see here? Do you think we see kind of a barn burner? No, I actually think that it's a defensive matchup. I think that we see uh, both teams kind of get stifled. Uh, I honestly don't think the NFC is as good as the AFC. So I think that people kind of have this skewed view of how the NFC will turn off. I think the NFC is going to be more defensive and the powerhouse offenses are actually in the AFC. But um, I think that you can't really bench anyone for the Cardinals or the Cowboys, but you do have to stifle your expectations, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I I think this is actually going to be a pretty high-scoring game. I kind of disagree with you there. I think they're both offenses that are pretty talented. Uh, Their defenses have been – uh, well, I mean, except for Arizona two weeks ago against Detroit, but their defenses have been pretty well for the most part or performing pretty well for the most part. Um, but I still think it's going to be a pretty solid offensive game. Um, I think the one guy that I'd like to highlight that doesn't get a lot of love is Zach Ertz. Um, he's had over 10 fantasy points the last couple games and had nine the previous game. Um, so, I mean, 13 points in each of the last two games, 13.4 exactly, actually. In each of them so definitely usable not not like not blowing up the stat sheet by any means but um for a tight end to get 13 fantasy points consistently that is uh, pretty solid so a guy you can play um that's not necessarily talked about all the time and a matchup that you're not scared about playing him in that's for sure um yeah and then uh other than that i think that the uh the, everything else is pretty straightforward in this matchup uh, not much changes from the uh, typical for that for the, those teams. So uh, moving on to the next matchup here, we got the Carolina Panthers playing the Saints. And this one's another one that's pretty, pretty typical and down to earth. I mean, I mean, we've said it a lot. I mean, getting into week 16 or 17 at this point, we kind of starting to get to know these teams, obviously. So um, not much crazy to add here. Taysom Hill as we've kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast should be back on the, on the saints uh, on the field for the saints and should be the starting quarterback. Um, That's going to be good, good news for Alvin Kamara. But um, as we know, there is no one else in new Orleans that we're interested in starting. And for Carolina, uh, I'm not exactly sure who the quarterback will be, to be honest. There's been some talk. It's Sam Darnold. Yeah. I was, I wasn't sure if Sam Darnold. uh, Yeah. Sam Darnold will start. Yeah, that's correct. So Sam Darnold, so you're playing DJ Moore if you have to, um, but he's been so bad for you. I'm surprised you're in the playoffs if you have DJ Moore. Um, so DJ Moore, if you have him, uh, I have a hard time believing that you're uh, going to have somebody to um, replace him who's better than him on your bench, But um, so I'd be playing him. Uh, but other than that, I don't think there's anybody in Carolina that is uh, worth bringing up really. Um, Andrew, do you disagree with me on that? Uh, I think the only thing else, other thing to mention no, this. No, I think up. maybe you play DJ Moore out of desperation. I think I would probably play Taysom Hill. I like how uh, the Panthers have good pass defense, and I think that Taysom Hill is good against a poor run defense, and I think that the Saints can kind of expose the Panthers and their run defense a little bit. And, um, yeah, the Panthers, I mean, you want to stay away. And you definitely don't want to start Sam Darnold. So there's not much to say with this one either. I think you can start both these defenses pretty solidly. 
um, is the only other mm, thing really. Else. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, do you think – I'm just curious. Do you think Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback for the Saints next No. Week? <laughs> Neither do I. Um, uh, yeah, I th- that's going to be an interesting one to watch moving forward. But uh, moving James on – James can always come back. Yeah, and I'm not really sure that he's going to be the starter either. Uh, I really I, – I don't have a strong opinion, um, but I don't think it's going to be Taysom. And to be honest, if I had to guess, I don't think it would be Jameis either. I think I would guess Jameis. I wouldn't be shocked, but I, I think they might they might go another direction. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't really have super strong opinions on There's not as many directions as people think. No, there's not, but there's always, uh, there's always options. And I definitely don't think that anybody was blown away by the way Jameis played this year. So I think there will be more. I think there will be some options out there. There are a lot of pretty solid backup quarterbacks. If they want to make a move, I think they definitely could. So, um, yeah, I, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if Jameis has to compete for the job with somebody that's not Taysom as well. That wouldn't surprise me either. Um, but is there anything else on that matchup that you wanted to, or either of those teams you wanted to mention? Nope, I'm good. All right. Last game for Sunday, we got the Vikings and the Packers playing on Sunday night football. This one should be somewhat exciting. I mean, in a divisional matchup, uh, the Vikings should get beat pretty soundly, but, you know, you never, you never know what might happen in, in a divisional Vikings game. Vikings won last time. Exactly. You never know what might happen in, divi- in a divisional game. Um, but I, I do think the Packers are going to go out there and win pretty soundly. Um, I don't know about that. I mean, the Vikings – a lot of people are playing for their job. Kirk Cousins is playing for a job elsewhere. Uh, Mike Zimmer is playing to keep his job. Potentially Kirk Cousins playing for the Browns job. A lot of people <laughs> saying that Baker Mayfield would potentially be better off playing with the Vikings and that the Browns would be better off with Kirk Cousins playing for them. I I don't know if uh, a lot of people are saying that. That's the first I'm hearing of this, but that's an interesting theory. Um yeah, I don't think that's the case, uh, but, you know, I do think Kirk Cousins is a pretty solid quarterback, so as a Browns fan, I wouldn't hate to see Kirk as the, the quarterback. Not that I am against – I like Baker still too, but uh, if we're going to move on from Baker, I wouldn't hate to see Kirk Cousins. Um, I think he could win a Super Bowl with the Browns. Um, but, yeah, I is in regards to the current team, uh, Vikings and Packers, I, I do think it will be – an okay game at least to start with but I think the Packers pull ahead and win pretty soundly I am not worried about the Vikings winning this game even though they did win last game and like you said there are a lot of people playing for their jobs um but I just think the Packers are just rolling right now and the Vikings are not um Adam Thielen he's out for the season so they don't have him KJ Osborne is obviously a good replacement but he's still not Adam Thielen Justin Jefferson been a baller uh, but that's not enough on its own. Um, and so, yeah, I just don't – I have a hard time believing that unless the Vikings uh, can just dominate in the run game, which I guess is an impossible with Dalvin Cook. Uh, but unless they can do that, I have I have a very hard time imagining a path to victory for the Vikings. And then on the Packers and side – The Browns almost beat the Packers last week. I think, I think we'd be in for a good game. I, I, don't, I don't think it's a blowout. I just don't think that it's – Super close. Um, I think that the uh, the Packers tighten it up a little bit. Um, that's 
I do. I do. I think the Browns are a better team than the Vikings are just all around. So I think that, um, I think that Browns might be a better team than the Packers if you take away the quarterbacks of each team. So, and I, I don't think that's the case for the Vi- the Vikings. Um, but I mean, for this week, I don't think there's anything different than, uh, than you've been doing for either of these teams um, every week of the season, other than, like I said, KJ Osborne is going to be a good play um, with no Adam Thielen. But is there anything um, particularly about this week, Andrew, that you wanted to add before we move forward? Or no, potentially Marquise uh, or Marquise Valdez Scantling could be a good play um, if he comes off the COVID list. Could be available yeah. in your league. He'd be a kind of guy I might be interested in if I uh, if I think I might lose my matchup. Because I think I'd rather play him than KJ Osborne. I I disagree with that. I think KJ Osborne is a really really good play. I'm surprised you would say that. you. I think KJ Osborne um, with no Adam Thielen is uh, is a really really solid play with high upside. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I guess I'm just surprised you'd say that. But I, with I mean Marquez with uh, with Aaron Rodgers, I mean he always has that that possibility to blow up. Um, but yeah, I I we've seen big games from KJ Osborne. So if if you're looking, if you're deciding between those two, I'd play KJ Osborne, even if you're in the situation where you're probably going to lose and you just need a big game, I'd probably pick KJ Osborne. But um, Marquez Valdez scaling, I do think personally, I think he only has value if you're uh, in a really deep league or if you think you're going to lose your game, your matchup, and you uh, you need a big week. But uh, would you say you think uh, MVS is like a, a top 20 receiver or like a top 30 receiver? Are you playing him as like a – Probably top 30. He's probably more of a flex. A flex. Okay. Yeah, just curious where you stand with that. I'd say probably more of a top 40, but um, – we don't have to agree. That is all good. Um, but yeah, anything else in that matchup, Andrew, before we move on to our final matchup of the day, uh, our Monday night matchup? Nope. Take us into the Browns. All right. Well, I'm excited for this one. It's Browns or Steelers. It's going to be Big Ben's last game against the Browns, most likely. Um, hopefully, it's going to be a win for the Browns. Um, but, you know, Baker Mayfield struggled mightily last week. Uh, I don't know if he necessarily comes back and bounces back off this game. Um, I think that the Browns are not silly enough to, to risk it. I think they're going to just try to ground and pound this game out. I think you're going to see a ton of Nick Chubb. Um, and yeah, I think on the Steelers side, I think you're going to see basically the same old, same old. I think you'll be seeing a lot of Deontay Johnson and then you'll be seeing uh, Najee Harris. And to be honest, I don't think there's a, too much else that's good. I don't think you're going to see anything that's too much different than what you've seen from both teams this whole year. Uh, other than the fact that Nick Chubb has had some down games has not been really the Nick Chubb you drafted him to be. I expect him to have um, a big game like he had last week. Um, I would say keep an eye on Kareem Hunt because he is still um, has not practiced yet this week as far as uh, as far as I am aware. Um, but there is still a chance that he does play this week um, against the Steelers. So, um, Andrew, anything about this uh, matchup that you wanted to highlight? Nope, I think you covered it well. 
I did want to uh, ask you where you stand about uh, Najee Harris, though. Uh, next year, do you think he's going to be – I'm curious where you think he, he stands. I mean, do you think he's up in I that mean, upper echelon top five picks? I think he's probably pretty clearly a first-rounder. Um, but I'm curious where you uh, think I think he's kind of like where Joe Mixon was heading into this year. I don't know if he's pretty clearly a first-rounder. I think he's – Wow. I don't know. I think when they when it all stacks out, I was just I mean, now we've been thinking about this so much all day that I, I kind of just think there's too many guys. I think he's gonna kind of sink to the back. He's gonna be early second rounder, kind of. I don't think that his value is necessarily he almost honestly, I didn't really expect him to do much better or worse than how he did. So I'm not really surprised at his success at all. I think maybe just because he's a young player. He might get a lot of hype and might go in the first round, but I'm not picking him there. I mean, I think, I think you maybe uh, are underestimating maybe how good he actually has been this year. He's the he's the running back four this year. Um, I don't know if you're aware of that, and if he can continue that, which I definitely think he could be even better because he's been pretty inefficient with some of his. Uh, yeah, I feel like he's got a lot of that. A lot of his uh, the reasoning for his RB four status is because he's just been playing, which is um, a skill in itself. But so he doesn't have like the crazy weeks that uh, other running backs do all the time. So I think that he just always plays. He doesn't really ever seem to be injured, which is I mean, great. But he's had some pretty crazy weeks. He scored over twenty. Um, what is it here? Just tallying it up here. It's uh, six times out of the, the 16 weeks. And for a rookie, that's that's not bad. Yeah. He's, and he's only busted for you um, three times. So, I mean, obviously, there's – I mean, that's not that bad. Jonathan Taylor's probably busted for you three times. Um, so, I really, really like Najee, especially next year. I think he's going to be a for sure first-rounder uh, with potential of even being not top five. I think he's probably out – probably outside that but i mean honestly fifth is probably right about where i would say um just i'd rather have joe mixon yeah i i think it's going to come down to who the quarterback is in uh in uh pittsburgh next year at this point if you made me pick one and i had like i'm in a dynasty league and i have to pick between the two i would pick joe mixon as well um which is why i'd probably have Najee all the way down closer to five um, who would the maybe. quarterback have to be do you have any names in mind for well, I mean, thinking be... about thinking about quarterbacks they might actually be able to get if they get a quarterback that is in the draft that um, you know I'm not I haven't really been following the draft too closely but a quarterback in the draft that's fairly highly touted I think that Najee's probably going to be um, he has a chance to maybe be a little bit higher in those rankings because just because I think he'd get rode quite a lot I mean if they get a guy like Aaron Rodgers which is not which would be obviously the best possible outcome I think. Um, just because he's a guy who's been talked about as being on the move, I think that would be great for Najee because, I mean, obviously I think that would make their obvious offense really good, and I think that's great for Najee. Um, but if they get a guy who's a little bit more um, – uh, I'm a little bit more – I guess I guess if it's a rookie, like I mentioned earlier, I know I said I was a little bit more confident in them, but I guess I'd have to walk that back a little bit. If it's a rookie or a guy who's a little bit more mediocre or unproven – I'd be a little bit concerned just because I could see that offense stagnating a little bit, but I just think Najee's going to be a workhorse no matter what. And if they get a quarterback 
that is really good. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to make Najee obsolete by any means. And I think he'll just flourish in a really good offense if they get a really good quarterback. And if it's a bad quarterback, I think they're just going to ride Najee and he's going to be like he is this year with uh, big Ben being bad. So um, I'm really high on Najee next year, this year. Um, I think he's proven that he is a workhorse that is a, a top fantasy option for sure. But uh, we don't need to talk that one into the ground. I think it's really going to depend on how that offense uh, shapes up next year. Um, so I think uh, I think both the Browns and the Steelers QB situation is obviously going to be pretty interesting. So um, interesting to monitor this year. But uh, that's going to be it for the matchup. So before we, before we let you all go, I just wanted to go over my – Top five defensive streamers, as usual. Um, honorable mentions go out to New England playing Jacksonville, Tampa Bay playing the Jets, Buffalo playing Atlanta. Uh, those are all teams that are highly, highly rostered um, in leagues, so they're unlikely to be available for you. But um, obviously those are great defensive plays. But my top five defensive streamers this week are as follows. In order from first to fifth, we got New Orleans versus Carolina, Green Bay versus Minnesota. Philadelphia versus Washington, San Francisco versus Houston, and Seattle versus Detroit. Um, I think those are going to be five excellent plays this week, um, and I think you should be pretty solid with any of them in your uh, in your lineup. Um, and or other did you say Philly at Washington? Philly, oh yeah, Philly at Washington was my uh, number three. I think only Green Bay against Minnesota and uh, New Orleans versus Carolina. I like that one. Yeah. I definitely think Philadelphia has been really, really good for fantasy as a defensive streamer this year. Um, Philadelphia, uh, low-key, really good team this year just in general, I think. Yeah. but I'm uh, also sneaky play. I'm also starting Seattle against Detroit. I just have a good feeling that yeah. Seattle is gonna, has, has something to prove against Detroit. Yeah, that was my, uh, that was my fifth one, yeah. I good team to prove it against. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree. And um, I'm not even sure, 100% sure if we're going to see uh, Jared Goff or, or David Blau, actually. Um, yeah, Jared Goff is being considered day to day. So if Jared Goff is out, that's obviously even better for the Seahawks. But uh, any other defenses you wanted to highlight, though? Uh, no, I think we got them all. All right. Well, uh, thanks again for joining us, Andrew. We appreciate all of you for listening. And uh, good luck in your matchups and your fantasy finals probably at this point. So good luck. Um, and if not, just uh, hang in there and uh, get ready for next year so you can win next year. So uh, thanks again for joining us and uh, see you next week.